Hi, this is Courtney. And this is Cousin Cam. Episodes five and six were recorded days before we learned of the passing of Joe Jackson. We want to express our deepest condolences to the Jackson family in what is most certainly a very difficult time. We mourn with you and celebrate the great gifts he gave to this world through his family. Welcome to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today we are going to talk about Janet Jackson's black cat. My name is Courtney and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. What's going on your way, Cam? Hot weather. Yeah, same <laughs> here. I can't complain though. I'm, I complained about our little short pretend winter, so I'm not going to complain about our summer. <laughs> What's happening with you? Not much. Just got back from vacay, laid on the beach in Miami for a little bit and ready to get back to work. So as usual, since our last chat, there has been quite a bit of Janet Jackson news. So let's just jump right in. Let's start with the Radio Disney Impact Award. How excited were you when you heard about this? I was very excited. Anytime Janet receives an award, you know I'm happy as it can be. Janet has always been impacted my life and four decades believe it or not that Janet has been doing her thing and I'm just glad she was recognized for it I was kind of surprised it came from Disney yeah I was very surprised it came from Disney to be honest uh, when I heard about the impact award that's not where I would have thought it would come from uh, but I did think it was super cute and I thought it was very important to recognize her in that platform because it really is the younger generation. You know, the the award is about the impact that she has had on multiple generations. And so to see that she's still having an impact on the Disney crowd is really tremendous. It makes sense because Jenna has impacted every music generation from Beyonce to Britney to Tiana Taylor and not just music, but social issues from the knowledge to the state of the world. Yes. Well, you know, I'm just so happy that we're actually giving her her flowers while she's here. And I hope this yes. is a, a call to action for basically every other award nominating body. Um, you know, give mm-hmm. people their flowers while they're here. You don't have to rename an award after them after they've died. Disney announced during the ceremony that the award will be renamed for Janet. So going forward, it will be the Janet Jackson Impact Award. Yeah. And to me, that was the most exciting part because I always wanted her to have an award with her name on it. Like, you know, the Oscars has a Cecil B. DeMille. Mm -hmm. And I think MTV, if I'm not mistaken, did they rename the Video Vanguard Award, the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award? Yeah. And they've kept that up. So I hope Disney does the same. Yeah. And I hope that she gets it somewhere else, too, because not that no shade to Disney. Love Disney. And this is awesome. And the presentation was spectacular. Like if you got the chance to watch their video and with uh, Raven and Normani, they really did a good job. And you can say what you want. I know people are sometimes critical of Raven Simone. But you could tell she was a true stand, a Janet. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Yeah, she was yes. like me. Like, let me tell you about Janet. <laughs> she is damn fam to the core. They really picked current relevant young stars who really identify with Janet Jackson. Like we know, Normani talks a lot about her impact, and Raven Simone, as she said herself, she's like, I've made a fool of myself many times over Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. But you know, they really, really selected to me the perfect individuals to. to present that award to her so overall it was just well done well well done well my favorite part of the speech was a simple line which is an impact can be something as small as a smile and a hug yes 
you never know what a person's going through. So just giving them that little nugget is an impact. So everybody can make an impact. Yeah, I love that yes. part of that. Yes. And the other part I would point out is when she talked about the impact that her family had on her. So she talked about her mother's love, her father's drive, mm-hmm. and uh, her brother's setting the way for high artistic achievement. So I really thought it was a really well thought out, well planned speech. And at the very end, like she never gave in, but I could tell that she was really emotional. Yeah. Having this award delivered to her. And that just warmed my heart because I really hope she understands how much we love her, how much she has impacted us. And for so long, you know, for me, like as long as I can remember, you know, Janet Jackson has truly been a presence in my life, like like a friend that's never left. And uh, she continues to do that. And so I'm just glad that we're able to tell her while she's here um, and that she's able to feel the love. We love Janet now. We love (laughs) love some Janet. We do, we do, we do. Another thing that I love about her receiving an award was we actually saw her do more social media this week, more behind the scenes of her getting prepared for not only the tour, but going to the war shows, photo shoots and things like that. Yeah. Definitely was glad to see her out there. Our Instagram story that she put out, you know, preparing for the uh, Disney Awards was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. She was still doing that pretending to lay down thing. So she was. <laughs> <laughs> and every time she does an, a video where she's like in the bed laying down and she's holding the phone above her face. <laughs> every time she does that, I just can't help but think about that episode of the Golden Girls <laughs> when <laughs> Blanche said. She stays on her back because it's like an instant facelift. <laughs> Everything just falls in place. Yes. <laughs> I'm a Golden Girls fanatic, so I know what you exactly what you're talking yes. about. <laughs> I might do that. I might take a picture of myself in the bed doing the laid back, tend to be laying down. Now, you know, in that episode, Dorothy also said that, sure, your face slides back, but your breasts also fall back into the side. Side, Yeah. <laughs> It's a catch-22. It's a catch-22. <laughs> but yeah, so we also saw a lot of behind-the-scenes prep for the Essence photo shoot as well. Yes. I must say that I am so proud of Essence for putting Janet on the cover. Kudos. It's called the Love and Happiness Issue. And she looks fierce. Like, that's the only word that comes to my mind is they just did a great job. They appear to have spared no expense in putting together a great presentation for Janet. They really gave us something new and different in the presentation, letting us see behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. the work with the photographer, and then also having Janet craft an actual letter to her fans, which was so good. Like she started and basically talked to us about her emotional journey and her spiritual journey, basically from, you know, her 20s until now. Um, and the lessons that she had learned along the way. And uh, I've just really thought that that was a very unique presentation. And Yeah. And she, I'm be honest. And it's not because I stand Janet Jackson. You do stand Janet Jackson, though. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but just her opening. When she just says, my dear Essence sisters, we've been together for a very long, long time. And I'm very grateful for our deep connection. That right there made me feel like she was saying, Cousin Cam, I know you out there and I appreciate you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, I see you, girl. Yes. Yes. I I thought it was really well done. It made it feel very intimate and very one-on-one. 
one of the lines in there that really stuck with me was when she said, I have found happiness in my relationship with myself and God. And that happiness is grounded in the moment. Um, And today, happiness means being present. And I promise you, just this year, that's a lesson that I learned. You know, I have felt like I have been waiting on like the big reveal. Like what is the big success or the big love or the big, what is the big thing that's going to come to my life and change it? And I'm just going to, you know, shoot out into this fear of happiness. And this year I said to myself, every moment where you find yourself, you can smile, where you can share a laugh with friends, where you can go out to dinner, where you can go to a movie. That's a moment God blessed you with happiness and don't let it get away, like relish that moment. And so that's what I've been doing this year. I'm normally an upbeat person anyways. But one of the things that I was always feeling was like I was waiting for the next thing Mm -hmm. instead of living and loving the life I have now. Right. And that's what I've really been focused on. And so when she said that, I was like, man, yes, girl, I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Happiness is grounded in the moment. Yeah. The part that of the letter that touched me was when she talks about the 20s, because my 20s were rough and my 20s was rough because you uh, go through the stage where you like, am, am I really living my life, quote unquote? Or am I trying to keep up with the Joneses? Because, you know, when you're 25 and you're working and people I don't want to say people or society but there's this whole thing like when you're 25 you should have a home a car uh working on a marriage and at 25 you're still not ready (laughs) you know so when she was saying hey I finally got this and this is how I interpret it I finally got this acceptance with control going into rhythm nation and yet there was still I still felt like I'm dealing with this unworthiness and this perfection and I'm thinking to myself, I can relate because here I am trying to trying to reach these goals that people say you should be reaching at this age. When honestly, I didn't want that at 25. <laughs> I think that it's a good reminder that we all have to travel our journey in our own time. Right. I think sometimes we get stuck trying to check the boxes of like what other people expect of us. Mm-hmm. And it's not long before you realize that you're not living authentically. You are living the expectations or dreams others have for you but Mm -hmm. you're not really living your own life right yeah I feel you I'm about to be 38 soon and I'm just beginning to say okay I'm gonna have to do it Cammy way (laughs) you know just do it Cammy way then I'll find that happiness again shout out to Essence for this issue and a big thank you to Janet Jackson for opening her heart and sharing her hard-learned lessons Mm -hmm. so let's get into this week's song black cat (laughs) this week we are talking about black cat which was janet jackson's sixth single from rhythm nation 1814 and this single was completely written by janet jackson and then co-produced with jelly bean johnson jelly bean you know i love bean (laughs) <laughs> I know. I just had to sing his name so you could just say, I love Bean. Why uh, Bean? <laughs> and it's funny how this song actually came about because pretty much they were through with the Rhythm Nation project. And Janet came up with this guitar riff. The way Janet tells it, and I'm just going to use her words, she said that. 
We were finished with the entire album and I came up with a guitar riff and I ran up to Jimmy and Terry and told them, hey, no, we should do this. They said we have a deadline, so we couldn't possibly go into another song. I told them it's okay, I'll do it. Just throw me in the studio and I'll put everything together. Um, Janet goes on to say I wrote the riff and the lyrics and actually the whole thing but I thought that was kind of interesting about this song yeah it's actually interesting for a number of reasons one this was Janet's first time really writing an entire song on her own but also um, producing with someone other than Jimmy and Terry in the I'm calling it the modern Janet era because in previous albums of course we know she worked with Renee and Angela and I think she had actually done some other songs with some members of the time as well so um, on on her earlier albums Um, but also (laughs) I I like this song and the lore the folklore of this song because there's kind of like a couple of stories floating around about like how the origin stories for it Um, you know I've read somewhere and I can't find the source but I've read that you know Jam and Lewis chose to forego its production, um, deciding that Jellybean would really be better at executing the song. And Jamie Jam says, "We, you know, we try to stay away from things we can't do. It's not like we've got to do this and it's got to be our way. We were looking for the best way. And so um, Jam reached mm-hmm. out to Jellybean Johnson, who, of course, was a member of the time, but who also at the time was a, a pretty um, prevalent guitarist you know he was a session guitarist so he knew a lot of mm-hmm. musicians in the area who could pull this off mm-hmm. and as jamie said jim jammy and as jimmy said you know Jellybean was really a closet rocker <laughs> he was really into all of the rock bands at the time so he just felt like he was the best match to help janet bring kind of her rock vision to life i don't know but this song is one of those songs that I kind of had forgotten about just because it's different. But at the same time, it's still catchy, even though it's a rock. I call it a danceable rock song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also be honest, too. I didn't know what she was really singing about. Oh, well, welcome to the club. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to put it out there, but since I'm living in my truth <laughs> really just really figured out what the lyrics was about if I didn't have to read this I wouldn't have had any idea and I know all the words I could sing you every word of this song had no <laughs> idea what this song was about so I'm gonna let you tell it tell the people what the song is about <laughs> well I feel like the song is about she's Dating someone that's involved in some gang activity because the one of the lines is don't know why you always insist on living such a dangerous life. Mm -hmm. So I took it as somebody doing something got no business where it's gain or even drugs. That's how I take it now that I know the lyrics and know it enough to understand it. Uh, What was your take on it? Um. So I didn't have a take and I did know the lyrics and (laughs) I don't feel bad at all. I used to think this song does not fit this album. Like Rhythm Nation is a either the songs were super socially conscious or they were love songs. And I was like, this is neither. (laughs) Um, But it turns out it's a social conscious love song. (laughs) I guess. She's um, telling her lover stop. <laughs> yes. So apparently it's a song about you're right. It, uh what I read was that it's about um a guy who's into gang activity and drugs and all these things and he just thinks that he's invincible. He's going to live forever. Um and that was kind of the 
correlation or the connection to black cat, you know, the nine lives and all of that stuff. Like you're not invincible. Mm-hmm. You will die. Um, and so that Which was is true. kind of the <laughs> connection. And I was like, aha, I got it now. <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. And it was eye opening for me. The other thing that I found important about the way this song came about is that it wasn't produced by Jimmy and Terry. And the reason I say that is because at this time, after the Control album, and, you know, she'd had those other albums that maybe weren't as successful, and then Control blew up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, and I still feel this way to some extent, I feel like people treat Janet Jackson as she's the mascot of her career or the figurehead of her career and not the architect of her career. Okay. Okay. That's deep. And yeah, (laughs) I feel like even though she has songwriting credits and co-production credits or whatever, people treat her like she's a pop creation and not a pop artist. Right. Like she is the architect of this. And so I felt like it was important coming off of control that she had something that she could say, I have a top 10 that I wrote that I created Mm -hmm. without the team that you think made me. Right. Because people were kept trying to attribute her success to other people. They wanted to attribute her, her dancing ability to Paul Abdul. They wanted to attribute her artistic success to Jimmy and Terry. Like people were just trying to look all around the room at everybody other than Janet for the reason why she was successful. And this was a thing that she did on her own without any of the typical people behind her. And we'll talk about the video, too. Even the video was different yeah. for this song. So that, to me, it was very important that not only was this her first songwriting credit, but it was a huge success. And she did it essentially without Jamie and Terry. And, you know, I love Jamie and Terry. So this is no reflection on them. This is all a reflection on Janet Jackson. Right. And I never thought about that because, you know, a lot of our mainstream pop stars, some of them do come out of a factory. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, there was no machine. There's no, like, for instance, and no diss to Whitney Houston or anything. But Clive discovered Whitney and Whitney became his product. So he always made sure he had a hand in what Whitney done. But with Janet, just because the first couple of projects, I mean, she had to get it on her own. Her mm-hmm. grind. So I never really thought about the fact that there is this misconception that it was because of others. Mm-hmm. It was Janet grinding. Reason why she it got was to Janet she grinding got. exactly. Mm-hmm. People forget about the grind sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, not to take away from Whitney Houston because I think a lot of Whitney's angst was that she wasn't able in those early days to live up to her true self, um, right? Because she was forced into this package that Clive mm-hmm. Davis and the record label. They were looking for for someone who could pull off this particular vision and they were able to use Whitney Houston geniusly to do that. Because um, I love, listen, I love pop Whitney. I love R&B Whitney. Like, I love it all. Uh, but that early stuff was just, they were like, we're going to get a pop star and you're going to be it, Miss R&B gospel singer. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, I love I love Whitney as R&B, but. That's a that's a whole nother podcast. But yeah. So when you said, you know, architect, I was like, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the music business. People don't understand. Music business is really business. <laughs> it is. It absolutely. Can, right. So now the title of the song is Black Cat. And I'm just thinking to myself, why? Why Black Cat? She was quoted in Jet Words of the Week. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
As having said, I have always felt some kind of connection between myself and a panther. They're not afraid of anything. They're willing to take on anything. And that's the way that I feel about my work. Um, and we know she has a great connection with animals. This is actually one area where I overlap. Like if if people look at my Pinterest account, they would probably be very concerned because it's mostly just <laughs> it's just cake recipes or vegan recipes. I'll eventually add meat to <laughs> and big cats. So like I look at a lot of panthers and lions and tigers and that kind of thing. So, yeah, like I can relate like I can relate to this. Uh, I don't know why I love big cats. I have never thought about it in the way that she has thought about it. Um, clearly, she put some thought into it. I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, definitely have a connection there. So I think that's why I like this song right off. I remember, you know, in the video, they had the the panther or might have been a black leopard in the video. And, you know, it was just I, I really liked the song, loved it, really, and had no idea what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Janet was saying, I'm not afraid to step out of my lane on this song because I believe in what I've written and what I've created. This song belongs on this project. Yeah. It was a hit. Yeah. So I know you wanted to talk about this video. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you, and I'll probably tell on myself a little bit, but with the video, only thing I can think about is white shirt, black bra. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then I think about the hair. Her hair was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> the, the, and that's the old favorite. school feather cut. I tell you, I love that look on Janet. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was so simple. That entire tour yes. was simple. You know, now when we see Janet Jackson, we get disappointed if there's less than like five costume changes. <laughs> but she had two shirts in Rhythm Nation, okay? Like she had a black <laughs> shirt and a white shirt. <laughs> And you better work with this. Flawless. <laughs> <laughs> that video was directed by Wayne Isham, and uh, it was really a her first concert live performance type video. Well, not her first, because, you know, Control was the same concept, but Control was fabricated. And this was yes. actually, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Control was a forced concert. Um, this was actually a live concert footage from the show that they did at um, in Bloomington, Minnesota for uh, Rhythm Nation. So this video was just clips taken from that show, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a huge departure from what we were used to seeing Janet Jackson do. Yeah, especially about this time into the um, Rhythm Nation project. This is more her bringing out the stage performance, what you get to see when she's roaming the stage and presenting you her songs. Yes, yes, yes. And you said roaming, which reminded me of something. When I was doing the research for this song, the hardest part was getting through all the bad animal and cat puns. Like (laughs) Every writer who wanted to critique this tour or the video or the song somehow put some terrible animal analogy in there. And it was just so hard. Like, Time said it was Jackson's edgier walk on the wild side. (laughs) MTV News said she wailed like a total tigress. (laughs) Um, Vibe Magazine said it rocks with frisky muscularity. (laughs) Jackson is too cagey to be pigeonholed. Everybody. Just say it was a good song. (laughs) But I will say I have forgotten. And then when I watched the video, there were they were they were quite catty. Like the, the, the dance routine was, it looked like it could have been from the Broadway show Cats. 
I, I can't. Just, I, I wish they could see me doing a movement with the paws. <laughs> the paws. The paws was too much. It was <laughs> and claw and claw. Shimmy and claw. Shimmy and claw. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you made my stomach hurt because now I'm thinking about them in rehearsal. I feel like someone did say shimmy and claw. <laughs> Give me a double claw. Claw, claw. Yeah. yeah. So as I was getting more and more angry reading about the song and then I watched the video, I was like, I guess she is quite catty. Like, I can't even really be that mad at y'all. <laughs> and I think, and I know, you know, Mike is still the king of pop. But I think when he did give in to me where he was in black and white, I think he actually may have stole from Janet a little bit. Cause you're right. <laughs> cause... That, but they went back and forth a lot. Yes. I remember her telling the story about during the Rhythm Nation video where she came to him and she was telling him, like, I have this idea, this concept. I'm going to do this military type thing. And he says, like, you know, that's what I was about to do. Like that is on the docket to do. Um, and he says, well, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to let you do it, let you have your shine. But he said they were constantly coming up with like the same idea at the same time, like in yeah. different corners, like they, they would have the same idea. So you see that a lot. Like this video actually really reminded me of very Jackson-esque. I mean, I know this whole video was the in concert theme was indicative of 80s rock videos they always have performance videos and I think that was probably some of what she was going for but hers was still so well done it looked I mean with the choreography and the cutting and the splicing of the cats and dancers and her performance it looked just as good as any video she'd done you know in a studio Mm -hmm. but it was very rock of that time but it also, for me, picked up a lot of what the Jacksons would do. And Michael Jackson, you know, she did a lot of dancing with the guitarist mm-hmm. in this video. And, you know, Michael Jackson was always dancing with the guitarist. Yep. But also, that's what the Jacksons would do. Like, on this tour in particular, she did a couple of dance sets, pieces, like with Nasty. She did a dance with her guitarist and all of that stuff. And that's what the Jacksons would do. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you could definitely feel the family fusion here. <laughs> There's this stigma that African-Americans don't rock out. Right. Rolling Stone credited Michael and Janet for creating the new black rock star uh, with Michael's beaded and Janet's black cat. Right. And I think people forget that there are black bands out there that rock out. I remember the group In Living Color. They had a billboard hit. They were. I love them so much. The Cult of Personality will always be one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And the guitarist, he actually played on one of the black cat remixes. Mm-hmm. We all know that bl- that rock got its roots in the black community. Yeah. Sister Rosetta Tharp. I mean, come on now. Let's let's all be real. But it seems like it was one of those things that was appropriated and black people just let it go. Like, yeah, you take that. <laughs> and it really became a white space for many years, especially during the 80s, was really a very white space. Mm-hmm. And so this was definitely an edgier foray. Um, what Michael and Janet did in the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. rock was truly remarkable. And uh, it's still really good. And it was amazing at the time because when this song came out, Black Cat was number one on pop chart, Mm -hmm. rock chart, and the hip hop and R&B chart. I think it went to number 10, (laughs) even though it was clearly rock, like it was squarely, squarely rock. The black community embraced it because it was our music, too. Yeah. 
The one thing, too, I remember in the video is that it was a lot of cutting from the stage to the audience. And in many of the clips, the it showed people just really dancing and have a good time. Mm-hmm. But I remember these two little girls. And so I wonder what they're doing now, like having been immortalized in a Janet Jackson video. Like when they watch Black Cat and see the five and six year old selves, like, man, that's got to feel good because they had a whole little routine in the, in the aisle. Just getting it. And be honest, if that was me, every time you come to my house, hey, do you know who I am? Let me show you my work. <laughs> this is me right here. Now, this is when I hit the paws and the claws. <laughs> Let me slow it down in slow-mo for you. That would be my Facebook profile pic forever. Forever. Five years old. Dance. <laughs> so we were saying this song was number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Ooh. It was actually the third number one hit from Rhythm Nation. Um Yes, and it was the sixth of seven singles from the album to enter the top five. So that was a historic precedent as well, Mm -hmm. um, having seven top five singles from a single album. Like you said, it peaked at number 10 on the hot R&B hip-hop songs and the only song of the heavy metal and hard rock genre to have done so. Janet was always finding new ways to break a record mm-hmm. <laughs> and she still holds the record for most top five singles from an album she does and that was set in 1990 and remind me again why she's not in the hall of fame Ooh, let's ooh, <laughs> you know you know you know how that makes my blood boil <laughs> i had to do it let's <laughs> let's continue let's, you know let's to me that is so upsetting like at this point i'm to the point where when they offer it to her i want her to say no thank you i do not want and then i want her i I want her to build uh, a museum uh, uh, (laughs) of her own uh, 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 don't do that don't be a t.o no i do think she should i mean she should be in there and it's insulting at this point and to me, it's also sexist and racist. And people are going to say, well, Shaka Khan's in there, so can't be that. Uh, but folks always want to look for the exception um, instead of looking at the rule. Like, overall, Janet Jackson should have been in there and should have been in there for so long. Like, a 40-year career, and you've put out a number one album in every of the last four decades? Yeah. And you still holding records from 1989 on the Billboard Top 100? Yep. And you're not in the Hall Preach. of Fame. But God is going to fix it. Take it home now. Come on now. Because everything we lack, he has in abundance. (laughs) (laughs) The doors of the church are now open. (laughs) If you're looking for a church home. (laughs) Listen, I mean, I'm just so upset about that. It is such a stain and not even for her, but it's a stain on the on the hall. If you ask me, I don't understand why. And I think I told you before when I visited the Rock Hall and I saw her costumes and things on display, I really thought she was in there. When I left and my friend who lives in Cleveland told me like, no, she's not. I I was like, ma'am, explain to me why I just stood next to the Rhythm Nation tour costume. I would have went back in the building and be like, give me, pack all this up. (laughs) All this up. She ain't in here. Pack that up. No, I need Rhythm Nation. All the Rhythm Nation. All of the nation. Seriously, that's how I felt like the nerve. And I was like, and her generosity to loan her stuff to a place that's been snubbing you, like wow, you you not only you a big person, you might be the biggest person ever. Yeah. <laughs> I would have walked up in there and be like, I need my stuff back. <laughs> we breaking up. 
you don't appreciate me. <laughs> so when they decide to let her in, this better be an over-the-top, ridiculous celebration um, because it's just, it's at this point, it's ridiculous. Because when you see some of the names of people that are in there, and they'll try to argue that they're rock and she's not traditionally rock. Okay, but it's a lot of rappers in there. It's a lot of um, R&B folks in there. Um, so I really can't, I can't really go with your explanation there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if, even if the criteria was like, they just, she just wasn't straight rock. I'm looking at some of these straight rock bands that are in there and I'm like, you're terrible. Mm-hmm. You, other than you being rock, you're terrible. But yeah, I would, yeah. I would definitely tell them, Hey, give me my stuff back. I would be petty. <laughs> I would be petty. So let's talk about the awards. Black Cat did receive a Grammy nomination for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance, making her the only artist in history still today Mm -hmm. to receive nominations in five music genres. And the first female artist to have Grammy nominated number one hit, which they have solely written and produced. Yes, yes. And so it said solely produced, but we know that Jelly Bean. um, He dabbled on it co-produced yeah he co-produced that with her but it was her vision and it was her lyrics and everything that brought that to life so once again a record that you she put up that probably will not be taken down and still not in the rock hall of fame and one thing also that's memorable about black cat is her opening up the 1990 mtv music awards with this performance mm-hmm. killed it she did as usual and I think if I'm not mistaken, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Rolling Stone listed as number six as one of the best opening performances for the MTV Awards. They did. They did. And also that night on those 1990 MTV Video Award, she got she was the recipient of the Video Vanguard Award, which for VMAs is kind of equivalent to their Lifetime Achievement Award, yeah. which is really interesting because this was for Rhythm Nation and she got the Lifetime Achievement Award in 1990, and we know how much she's done since then. But even at that point, she had already really changed videos. The choreography in her videos was second to none. The storytelling in her videos was second to none. And she really had only been doing that for a very short time. But they had already recognized that, like, mm, we don't know who's going to top this. Yeah. But- so... But think about it. She ended up topping it because what was set to come. Right. She topped it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they they knew like you, we really can't give this to anybody else because like that was the year, you know, All Right came out. Miss You Much came out. Rhythm Nation came out. The long form video for that that included the knowledge and all of that. Yes. All of those things came out right at that time. And it, they would have been hard pressed to give that award to somebody else. <laughs> I would have done a Kanye. I would just say Jen Jesse is the greatest <laughs> of all time. Yeah, they would have been hard pressed to give it to someone else, even though she was still so young in her career. But to, to look at what she had achieved by that time, she really did deserve it. Uh, uh. And you mentioned about the video. You remember that white shirt and the black bra. Mm-hmm. I remember it from that MTV performance because that shirt was fly. <laughs> she had the kind of crisscross shirt that crossed over her midriff. <laughs> and it was a snap. So, you know, normally she unbuttons her shirt. Like on the tour, she would start unbuttoning it as she's walking. But on this one, she just snapped it open and it flew open. Yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere that they were like, that was her first like truly shocking moment. Because even still at this point, people were thinking of Janet Jackson as like, you know, 
basically a virgin. <laughs> you know, people just weren't equating her with sex symbol yet. So the audience, the TV audience was stunned um, when she opened her shirt. Do you remember that during this tour, she had a cat, a real live cat on stage? Yes. I remember the couple stories because the cat didn't last long. But when <laughs> I, I bet <laughs> the first story was... Uh, the opening night of the show, the cat peed on the stage and Janet slipped what? in and fell down. <laughs> yes. He had stage fright too. It was opening night. The cat's name was Rhythm. And uh, <laughs> when the tour first started, during Black Cat, Janet would go into this cage and the dancers would cover her up. And then when they took the cover down, Rhythm was in the cage. It didn't last long though. Uh, a lot of animal rights folks kind of made a fuss and so janet she announced that she wouldn't take the animal out on the road with her anymore her words were while the illusion with the cat was appreciated by most of the audience if it caused even a few people to worry about the safety of the cat it's not worth keeping it so that's what she said in her statement i know how well the animal was treated by its trainer and my production staff i love animals and would never do anything to harm one or allow anyone to do anything to harm one but to Rather than let my fans worry, I would rather be without the cat. In translation, I'm tired of dealing with this cat. <laughs> and since y'all complaining, let's get rid of this cat because Rhythm is peeing on the stage. I, I remember, though, later on Rhythm Nation, she was on um, the show with Donnie Simpson, Video Soul. Yeah. She actually told him that she regretted letting popular opinion dictate what she would do. Mm-hmm. And so she said she regretted um, taking him off the tour. Wow. Uh, but at the time, it just seemed like too much of a distraction but she was like i you know i know i wasn't doing anything wrong so why did i let people pressure me into doing something different when i know i wasn't doing anything wrong and that cat was probably living a life you know he was because <laughs> he got to stay air conditioned got to feed him <laughs> got to keep his coat maintained paul's looking good. good yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was probably like oh wait what y'all done cost me my job <laughs> Y'all, y'all let me go. <laughs> Overall, Black Cat is one of those songs that is recognizable just because of the guitar riff and the, and it just adds to the list of why we stand Janet. The thing that sticks out for me about this song is just continuing to show her versatility and continuing to take risks. At this time, Black women were not doing rock, Mm-mm. and she decided that this was a, something that she was going to step out and do. So. Kudos to her on all the accolades and all the accomplishments of this song, but also too just having the courage to do it in the first place. Um, so I like this song. I always have liked this song, but I've always liked the songs on Janet's albums that are a little offbeat. You know, like I like Funky Big Band from the Janet album. So I've always been kind of a fan of of the songs that don't really fit. Although apparently, you know, it was my own ignorance thinking this song didn't fit because apparently it does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so cool. <laughs> I love this song. I love Janet. And uh, that's that. Right. So now it's time for a new segment. Make me want to scream. In this segment, we're going to talk about what is currently making us want to scream. Can I go first, cuz? Take it away. The thing that wants to make me scream is 
Oreo flavors. <laughs> and I was cool when Oreo said, let's do a flavor with birthday cake ice in the middle. Fine. But now we've gone too far. <laughs> I do not want my Oreos tasting like red velvet cake. I don't want them tasting like chocolate peanut butter pie. <laughs> Although I've never tasted one. I don't want to experience that. Oreos are probably the only cookie that I eat. And like you, I get a little irritated with a majority of the flavors. But there are two that I love that people like laugh at me for loving. I love the one with the mint filling. Oh, I love the golden ones with the car- salted caramel filling. Oh, oh. And I like the peanut butter filling you're killing me smalls <laughs> but some of them are a disaster like why red hots yes why swedish fish <laughs> why kettle corn these aren't dessert flavors <laughs> like <laughs> no one wants popcorn cookies and i'm wondering is there a pregnant lady somewhere this <laughs> is like oreo has started this trend because sonic has a pickle juice slushy yeah no i'm gonna be honest i was on the fence i was like this this could go either way no I love pickles. I save my pickle juice. I don't necessarily just drink it, although I would. I'm not against it, but I save it to like marinate. So I love pickles. And I was like, oh, this could this could go either way. No, I'm not going to walk up to a place and say, hey, let me get that pickle slush. You know what? I might get the pickle slush. I might. Oh, because you, just... you need to know. I need to let you know how <laughs> it is. So when I go out today, I might do it. OK, well, my thing this week is a little little more serious i got two um so my first one is janet herself oh no what janet do you know she's been a little more active on social media but one of the um clips she put out when she was getting ready for radio disney she was looking at her face and her laying down blanche pose (laughs) and she said oh my goodness look at my face it looks so fat and i'm like ma'am where where (laughs) ma'am so the thing that is making me want to scream is like I need Janet not to put herself down. And I know that's a hard thing to say because obviously she's been very candid about struggling with self-esteem and identity issues her whole life. But this is a habit, ma'am, that I need you to work on breaking. More so for her mental health and her... And I just want her to know how beautiful she is. And even when she was chubby, she was still the cutest thing ever. So it's like... You call her chubby. I say she was thick. (laughs) (laughs) She's just beautiful. It doesn't matter. And so I just... It makes me scream that she doesn't see what we see. And she doesn't see herself as beautiful as we see her on the inside and outside. But she's getting there. Yeah. I got one more. (laughs) What you got? It's this new generation. Oh, don't do the new generation. What the new generation do to you? I love this new generation because they're bold. They're thinkers. They're out there doing their thing. But I need them to stop taking credit for everything. (laughs) They didn't invent Fila. (laughs) I saw on Instagram, I follow Mike Epps, and he had on a feline suit. It was dope. And these little young kids were trolling him because they were like, you still in there trying to be young. No, dude. Oh, wow. Is that what they said about feline? Yeah. yeah. Something that's been You're around over 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I personally had a pair of the Grant Hills. I had the Grant Hills, too. <laughs> yes. I really only just noticed that Fila was making a combat because I, like I said, I hadn't really seen anyone in it in probably 20 years. So I guess I could see how they would think it was new because when Fila went away, it completely, there was no holdovers. Like, you know how sometimes you might go outside and you still see a Coogee sweater or you still see guest jeans, but you did not see Fila (laughs) for like 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
Okay, so I have one more. One of the things that is making me want to scream is, and this happened the other day, if I pull up to your shop or your restaurant and any part of the name that should be spelled with a C is spelled with a K, I'm pulling right off. (laughs) No, 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 no. I am. I am. I am. Because you know where it stems from? Mm -hmm. Driving from Michigan to Mississippi. And this was Uh so many years ago. It's not even funny, but it is still in my brain. We were on our way and there was a restaurant called Country Cooking Kitchen. Uh All the C's were K's. So now what we got? Three K's in a row. I was like, that's unnecessary. You didn't have to do that. Okay. That right there, you have a valid point. Mm-hmm. But yes. as a person who has a name who starts with a K. It does. And I sometimes love, people spell my name with the K. I love changing the C's to K. No, like don't do it. Don't do it. Yes. <laughs> because if you text me, Kimmy, such and such, I'm like, cool. Instead of putting C-O-O-L, I'm like K-O-O-L. Mm-mm. And then you got to think about it. A lot of times when you're trying to set up your business, you know, somebody may have that name already. But if you flip the letters, it works. You know, I get it. Pick something else. I'm just not comfortable with your <laughs> K for C swap out. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> like, for instance, I would spell Charleston K-H-A-R-L-E-S-T-O-N. Why would you do that? Because a K can't the, even be used in that way. Yes, it can. Just put it on there. You want to spell Charleston. Mm-hmm. K's <laughs> do not make that sound. <laughs> it's going to make it when I put it on the birth stick. It's not. <laughs> Your baby going to be called Carlston. <laughs> and you're just going to have to live with it. Because I'm going to no. be number one. Hey, little Carlston. <laughs> Come on, man. And I don't want to be related to the number one offender of you have no choice of doing too much and doing too yeah. much unnecessarily. Cause I hate to tell you this, but you can't get rid of me. I was born on your mom's birthday. <laughs> I'm I'm in there. We just we stuck like glue. I just I just I can't be a part of this. I will be just so happy when you have a little person, but I'm gonna call him Carl. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for us this week. On behalf of myself, Courtney Stribling, and my cousin, Cousin Cam, we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at JJTodayPod. That's at JJTodayPod. If you want the next episode delivered to you as soon as it comes out, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our intro and outro music Good For You by THBD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license.